Hey everybody, welcome to Queer for the Right Reasons, Lesbian Reflections on Bachelor Nation. I'm Viri L. I'm Ann P. And I'm Kim K. I'm so excited about this week's episode because I just love that moment where all of a sudden the entire show shifts into some insane reality. So true. This is the week <laughs> where the heart starts racing and then the heart starts breaking. <laughs> yes. So we're going to get into all of that. But first things first, we always love to give our little rundown of what we're doing here. We are fans of Bachelor Nation. Yep. We are big lesbian fans. And so what we're doing here is a little different than your basic recap podcast. We are looking at The Bachelor franchise through a lesbian lens because we believe that The Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise specifically is really just appropriating lesbian relationship dynamics. It has a premium on processing. There's a lot of interconnected dating, so a lot of dating your ex's exes. And of course, there is a premium also on committing fast and furiously just like us lesbians who love to U-Haul. That's right. And then we do a little segment called Fish Tacos, where we all just chat about anything we didn't get to cover in the show. And we wrap up the episode by all sharing what we believe the most lesbianic moment was. So first things first, we also just got to give a shout out. We really only have two more episodes to give our love to mm. Flagpole. Oh, Ooh. I need, I need more time. buttery bathing suits on the beach. <laughs> well, you know what? Flagpole suits don't just need to serve you in paradise. They are so delicious and gorgeous that they are great for hot tubbing. They are great for <laughs> throwing a little something over it and taking a helicopter ride. Oh my. All your favorite bachelor dates could be done in flagpole attire. It's so true. true. In my opinion. You can go straight yeah. from the pool to dinner. 100%. You can find them at flagpolenyc.com. They've been giving us a lot of love each week by helping us make this all possible. Thank you, Flagpole. All right, guys, let's do this. Let's get into processing. Fasten up your earthly burdens. You have just begun. Woo! Oh, man, this is like another one of those magical episodes. It is magical because any time that a significant amount of screen time is given to Demi and Christian, we are obviously in for it. Ugh. There's a lot to unpack here. I want to start by saying, you know, there's a lot of shitty lesbians out there. And I am so appreciative that Christian is our ambassador. Oh, my gosh. She is doing a dynamite job. She is one of the most amazing listeners I've ever seen in my life. And she models that listening for Demi because then Demi has opportunities to hear Christian and then respond to Christian in a loving uh, way that demonstrates that she actually really heard what she was just saying. Yes. It's just the dynamic is really, really present. I think she's learning from her. I think America is learning from her and I'm really happy. But I do want to get into, I think, what really rises to the surface here, which is there's a whole other element of queer love that straight people just don't have to face in their reality. And this whole conversation about comfortability, about being out and about PDA, it was exciting to see that discussed. And I mean, listen, you know, I never want to give Nicole a compliment, but it was like the first time I ever heard her say something intelligent on this program was her talking about the pressure of, you know, this relationship that has only existed in private. And now it's moved into this really public space and both with friends and with the viewing public. And that means that that relationship is bound to change. So, you know, Nicole, even a broken (laughs) clock is right twice a day. We're (laughs) proud of you. (laughs) 
Nicole, Bachelor in Paradise's broken clock. Has <laughs> <laughs> every ever? I know Viri has. Ian P, have you dated somebody who is newly out of the closet or identifies as fluid or straight in your? lesbian dating life no no i'm gold star in all of the ways i've never indoctrinated a new lesbian i mean i should say i've never had a proper relationship with anyone other than a died in the wool dyke well viri you are probably our authority here then i only dated straight women a majority of my life i only dated one (laughs) gay woman in my life and Kim K once said to me the most brilliant epiphany ever. I don't know if you remember this, Kim. We were both we worked at a high school together. Probably not. I was sitting in your office and you said to me, you date straight women so that when it doesn't work out, it's not your fault. Ooh, damn. Kim K, that was good. That is some speaking truth to friendship. But to speak to this experience, I was about one one fifteenth the maturity of Christian, so I, you know, I would never have been able. Yeah, I can. I would never that. have been able to navigate this. <laughs> Kim was there. <laughs> I was there. Christian seems so committed to this dynamic and so patient in Demi's journey, and that she keeps saying, "I've been through this, but not on this stage." You know what I mean? I'm paraphrasing, but like. She understands that what Demi is doing, this idea of coming out in such a public way is terrifying. And we obviously celebrate them a lot, but there's no way that they're not being judged harshly or receiving hate letters, as Ann P calls them. Yeah, they're letters. (laughs) They're getting closer to the end of this very insulated experience. You know what I mean? Like they're out with their relationship, but while they're filming this, they're not privy to what people are saying, to how it's playing in the media. But the reality is that being publicly affectionate as a queer person is not always safe. Here we are. We've all been out for a fair amount of time. We're in serious relationships. Do you still feel Mm -hmm. self-conscious when it comes to PDA? It depends where I am. I mean, we are all incredibly privileged. We live in queer urban meccas. But I briefly was dating a trans man who, when we moved through the world, we were presumed to be a straight couple. And when I was in that relationship, I was very aware of how much my physical affection was unnoticed by the world. And as soon as that relationship ended and I started dating women again and I was publicly affectionate with women, I remember so clearly the first time I kissed a woman again in public and how like shocking it was to my system. I was hyper aware of every person around Hmm. me and hyper aware that they were witnessing this act. And not always because... I feel unsafe, but I think always in the back of my mind, I'm worried about my safety. And I'm also worried that it, uh, I don't want to be a lesbian fantasy Mm. for some douchey dude in the corner. I am sensitive to the fact that I clock other lesbians in New York, which I always think is hysterical. All the time. I don't imagine that any heterosexual understands what it's like to walk down the street and turn and be like, I just saw four lesbians. Yeah, it's like so exciting. Yeah. (laughs) I still do get oddly old fashioned in when I'm traveling, uh, not in the sense that I won't hold my partner's hand and kiss her, but that I am recognizing I don't think it. that's being old fashioned. I think that's just being safe. And the other thing to think about here is, you know, we've all made 
conscious decisions about where we will and won't travel internationally or even that within the true. United States. Sure. Based oh, there are on, places yeah, I will never Based go. on the fact that like, yeah. it's just not a safe reality for us. They are living not only insulated, but also they're the only queer people in their world. That fellowship that we see, that we feel when we see four lesbians walking down the street or somebody on the subway or somebody else yeah. on the board, like that is so deeply comforting. Just that is comforting. We all choose often to be in wholly separatist lesbian or queer spaces to feel even yeah. more comfortable because when the world is not a comfortable place for you, you need that. And Demi and Christian Although clearly beloved by their fellow cast members, they do not have any queer fellowship on this beach. I know that I have a different experience than the two of you because the aspect of my identity that I most sort of feel strongly impacts every moment of my life is my yeah. whiteness, more far more so than my queerness. And so I think as a consequence of that, I rarely feel unsafe in spaces. I feel as a consequence of white supremacy, people who live in white bodies tend to be safer any place that they go, no matter other aspects of their identity. So I definitely feel pretty consistently safe. Right. So I rarely hesitate to engage in a solid bit of PDA because I feel generally safe in most spaces, even though I am a woman, even though I am a lesbian, I, I feel so protected by your whiteness. My whiteness. So Demi's like hesitation or worry about being judged when she is making out with another woman in public is an experience that I do not have. And for me, it feels really natural, but also a political act in some ways is that I will not have my affection sort of compromised by people's reactions to me. What I find so appealing is that the three of us dear friends do have a spectrum of experience around this and around our comfort with a little public makeout. I do think very differently about those displays of affection when I'm visiting my family in North Carolina or in Florida. In Florida. You know? Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah. When I'm in rural Michigan, I do hesitate. It's interesting though, but it doesn't feel like that hesitation is born out of mm -hmm. fear. It feel like that hesitation and that choice to not engage in PDA in rural Michigan is more for like, I don't want to deal like responding to your eye rolls. Viria, I'm interested if you I have been physically attacked for being a lesbian in New York City. I'm wondering if you've had a, if you've had an experience where you felt physically threatened. I grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I was lucky that I surrounded myself with some friends who supported me, but there were people getting beat up in my school that were white and gay. I'm not discrediting the intersections of lots of identities here, but I do think that the homosexuality trigger to attack is still alive and well in all intersections. I'd also say, of course, now I am far more radical. I would get angry about it. I wouldn't just be scared. So I think I'm not saying that yeah. I want to like get into any fisticuffs, but Right. I do feel like that's a little more in my bones than when back in the day when I was just growing up and like reading about Matthew Shepard. Yeah. Can I bring up the best quote? Christian said the most amazing yes. thing. I loved this quote. I'm ready. Christian said, if you're not 100% with yourself, how can you be 100% with somebody else? And I was like, that is 
Wonderful. But also, is anybody ever 100%? I'm like, ooh, I am I ever 100% with myself? I mean, I'm 100% out with myself, but uh, am I 100% right. all in on myself? It did really feel like she was heavily ins- inspired by RuPaul. Yeah. And that if you can't love yourself, <laughs> oh, how the right, hell right, are you right. going to love somebody yeah. else? Good I point. mean, RuPaul delivers it with far more panache. <laughs> but I think it's the same message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, another That's fantastic valid. ambassador for our people. I do want to spend a few seconds talking about Katie did not take our lesbian processing clinic. And when she tried to have a lesbian processing clinic with Demi and Christian. It was a terrible processing. It was clinic. very bad. And I think again, it, it did not it go did not, well. And I think again, it points to this idea that, um, and I know you're excited to talk about that. They cannot imagine a reality for Christian and Demi. That is not the heteronormative let's get engaged let's get married and katie was just lopping on that pressure my disappointment with engagement and marriage as the dominant indicator of relationship sturdiness is that it just so born out of straightness Like the gay imagination is vibrant, it is abundant, and in this setting, there is absolutely no space for queer imagination because so many of us have, since the dawn of time, made these beautiful, lasting, dynamic, evolving relationships that don't bear a passing resemblance to marriage and the fact that we have sort of lost that history in favor of sort of mimicking or aping these straight ways of being is just an it's like an it feels so dramatic but it feels like an absolute tragedy it feels like a betrayal of something fundamental about who we are like we define our lives independent of straight folks and independent of sort of dominant ways of being and when and that none of that is present here and i don't want to erase the fact plenty of gays want a big engagement and a public proposal and a wedding with a whole school of um, attendance and that and I want that and they but they do that in their own way in their own beautiful completely radical gay way but I also want us to make lots of rooms for a, a gay way of being that doesn't look anything like a straight way of being what is your hope for Demi and Christian what would you love to see as their um, symbol of commitment at the end of this tribal tattoos matching haircuts <laughs> my hope for Demi and Christian is more informed by their age than by their sexual orientation. Yeah. Well, everyone because I am very <laughs> suspicious of twenty-four-year-olds getting engaged. I was like, Demi, you're twenty-four. You recently came out as fluid. Have a yeah, good time, what, my please. friends. You've got a lot of gay prides to go to, lady. Demi, now is the time. The time. Like, now is if the you, time. You have this enormous platform. You're 24 American years old. You <laughs> need to have some fun. <laughs> for every, I'd like everybody just to pause for a moment and think about the person they were dating at 24 and imagine yourself married to them today. No, thank you. Pass. Hard pass. Guys, I am. I was 24 oh, when I met yeah. my partner. You <laughs> confound us. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh boy! No, no, I'm a, I'm a weird. I got real lucky. Yeah. I got real lucky. But also, let us add, lucky. let us add that I was a dating scoundrel. It took a lot of work to get to the 24. I was. I was a very old yeah. 24. She's absolutely going to be held to a very different standard. Yeah. And it's hard to name the sensations that she's having, but it seems like this deep fear that she's having is that is is an awareness that because queer lives are policed in a very different way than straight lives are policed. She's like, maybe there's an awareness of that and that that's where some of this terror is coming from, is that my life is going to now be policed in a very different way. The scrutiny is going to be applied to me very, very differently than it is going to be to Hannah G. Yeah. It's true. Let's get into dating your ex's exes. I'm feeling down with broken prayers, hearts and bones from days of youth. Let's talk about the return of Mustache Friedine and Kalen's <laughs> Sophie's Choice. He is a handsome fellow. I think he's so handsome. He's very pretty. Those teeth are beautiful. Those teeth. Those are not the teeth of a man who lives in a no, van. No, no, no. And I've known some men who've lived in vans. So <laughs> I feel like what I really took away from Dean's return was this pervasive reality that because for the bulk of history being a man being a white man being a cis man being a straight man and in dean's case being a gorgeous straight white cis man means that just showing up is really enough and what just turned look i'm no fan of kaylin and I, truthfully, I'm glad that these <laughs> nightmares have found each other and left. She has nice teeth, though, yeah, they're, as well. they're both so real teeth. They really, they really can connect around totally. their teeth. <laughs> but his approach, both last season and this season, is simply to say, well, I'm telling you in advance that I'm a shitty guy. I'm telling you in advance that I'm, I'm not, that it's going to be, be hard. hard. I'm giving you this disclaimer. And I'm here, but don't expect more from me because I told you in advance that I was going to destroy your life and break your heart. And I feel like that is just symptomatic of being tossed that much opportunity and privilege in your life. And I feel like that's what I'm seeing in Dean and also what I saw in Blake in his pivot to Christina that we saw last week. Oh, my God. And then... In his lack of awareness, you know, as he was saying things like, oh I'm just not enough for Hannah. I'm just not enough for Christina. And it's like, no, it's not that you're not enough. I mean, well, I guess, yes, it is. You're not enough. You're not standing up and being a good dude through and through. You're right. You're not enough. You need to do more, Blake. Like a couple of rose petals in the treetop or whatever the fucking that room was and some like fried food that the producers pulled out for you like that isn't enough like you fucked somebody else the night after you slept with this girl you led her on you dicked her around it's not enough you actually have to work harder than what the world tells you you need to do i do think that's very interesting and I, it does seem to be that men specifically in this environment where they don't have to put any effort in, like the dates are planned for yeah. them, that they can just invest the tiniest amount of effort to reap the maximum and with the expectation of reaping the maximum reward. <laughs> it's true. When you're told constantly, you're wonderful and smart and a star and beautiful and handsome and yay for your torso, 
The password is torso. <laughs> it's like you can have it's bad true. dance moves and plan a shitty date. And your expectation, because of how the world treats you, is that you will be celebrated for doing the absolute bare minimum. That, I think, is like at the root of what. And I'm so glad at least 50% of the girls we're talking about here saw through that bullshit. Well, this is at the root of the notion that fathers babysit their own children so it's the it's also like Mm -hmm. it's so it's in the water that we swim in this notion that men can show up uh and again we absolutely know that there's an abundance of really present engaged loving men who live and walk we are not talking about you mike johnson we are not talking about you mike johnson we are not talking about you mike johnson (laughs) that you can do so little and still get so it's mind-blowing to me. I was just on another podcast, a wonderful podcast called Coming Out with Lauren and Nicole. And we were talking a lot about um, two of us really are, are very like queer femme identified. And we talked about being like attracted to you can be like physically attracted to the male body and not be sexually attracted to it. I find masculinity sexy, which is why I date predominantly masculine of center women. I don't find sexy or attractive and I don't know how I could ever, ever, I just could not date someone who is moving through the world with all that fucking privilege for hundreds upon hundreds of years and cannot see that it is time to give me a piece of it. I don't know how you could do it. I would never feel at ease dating somebody who is given so much for so little. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I would just be in like a simmering rage. All I'm in a simmering rage every time I have to like work with a male colleague who is being celebrated always for my work. And I look at these women dating these guys and the bare, I mean, as crazy as we think JPJ is and, and as much as that we know the producers did all the hard and heavy lifting there, he, I believe, actually wanted to continue to like adore her and do things for Tasha and oh, yeah. show he was showing up where most of these guys are just yeah. like, let me lay in this day bed and, and like mope <laughs> and expect you to, you know, fall for me. I say this almost every day. I don't know how the species continues. <laughs> I don't. I also, I, don't. I also found, found myself and oh, I was so happy that Christian brought uh, the word triggered into the vernacular three times this episode because I myself was triggered hearing the phrase fight for so many goddamn times by these guys. Yeah. That even the pursuit of romance and love is framed as something aggressive for men. It's so 1885. Yeah. It's so early <laughs> Genesis. Like, can we move it's past def- it? It's, it's definitely 1885. It's very 1885. <laughs> this show reminds us every second that the emotional labor of sustaining a straight relationship falls almost entirely to the women yes. in the relationships. <laughs> the expectation is that they do the pleasing, they do the compromising, they do the modification, they do all of it. And I think, Kim, you speak really beautifully about how capitalism continues. It grinds on because of all the uncompensated labor that Correct. women engage in. And this being one of those forms of yes. labor that women engage in that goes uncompensated, yes. which is caring for the, re- yeah. the relationship, doing the emotional work of keeping a relationship I will alive. say, though, that is 
that we are not without that in queer relationships. I think f- I joke Absolutely about sure. femme labor in my Queer for the Right Reasons bio, but femme labor is a <laughs> significant part of, I think, a lot of lesbian relationships, often because for butch presenting or masculine presenting folk, there are really big battles to fight in the world that often a lot of the emotional labor of the relationship is thrust upon femme partners. Um, and it's much like I think it is for like straight cis women and their relationships kind of unseen and uncelebrated. Although, you know, we at least name it and talk about it. I do want to say to all of our male single list, our, our do our one male listener, our one <laughs> that if you are trying to figure out how to be a Mike Johnson and not a Deanie baby in the world, that the work is for you to do. I imagine very much the next few months, Blake will be making a lot of calls to Christina asking how he can be a better man. And Christina will, (laughs) with all of her spy gadgets, she will do all of that emotional heavy lifting for him. (laughs) But I think that the key to being a good ally, whether that means being a good ally as a white person to any person of color or as a straight person to any queer person, as a documented person to any undocumented person is that you need to go out and do the work yourself. You can't turn to, unless it's us on the podcast, feel free to send us a million comments. Um, (laughs) Queer for the right reasons at (laughs) gmail.com. You cannot continue to like thrust that work upon the marginalized people that you're trying to be an ally to and say, Hey, teach me how to be better. So dudes step up. We'll make a reading list. We should post a reading list. We can make a reading list. We can post it on our yeah. Instagram. Uh, all right. Let's roll on to you hauling. This episode of Bachelor, when we get to this time of the season, it is my most excited time because it's the do or die moment. Yeah. Which is something we want to talk about in you hauling. I mean, that would be a very grim twist if it was really do or die. They're like, <laughs> either. They're like, hey, you can accept this rose or we're going to put rocks in your pockets and push you oh into the God, ocean. I would love that. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, it would really. I mean, it would, that truly would be the most dramatic <laughs> season everywhere. Any, the most dramatic, the most dramatic season ever. ever. Nobody. At there. the end of it, four of them die. Blood on the beach. All right, so we have a couple of things we want to talk about. The whole rhetoric of I'm falling in love, I'm in love, I love you. This like tiered system of the term love. Yes. So quick question for all of our straight listeners. What's the difference between being in love and falling <laughs> oh, in love? Please. Go. Comment, comment, comment. Send us the letters. Send comment, the comment, letters. comment. We don't know. Lesbians are confused. We're very confused. <laughs> I am baffled by that. And I also am just like baffled by the pressure. They talk about the L word like, I mean, not like it's a Jennifer Beals, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Not the L word. Obscurity, Showtime (laughs) lesbian drama. But like the L bomb, they said. The L bomb. The pressure of that word for this straight paradise community is so intense. I have never felt terrified. To say that word. No. Terrified? No, you're supposed to be excited. I mean, the terrifying sense of it, I guess, is that you won't get it back, but it has nothing to do with saying it. It seems like the men are especially terrified oh, of saying it. Why? Because they only like to be brave in these very certain <laughs> ways. Like, they only like to, like, 
rush into burning buildings, I guess, or catch really like firmly thrown footballs. But (laughs) why won't they be brave in these moments? I'm very baffled by what is the difference between falling in love and being in love. And I am wondering if you know how in the Sex in the City movie, that lesbian classic. Of course. Sex in the City. One, not two. Gary says that like the dress upped the ante and then all of a sudden the wedding had to be the wedding. And it was like, then they were just off to the races. I wonder if the word love is that for these dudes. Are they so worried that once they say it, because the pressure really is on men to propose to women in straight cis relationships, that they feel like that's it. The The gates have been opened at the racetrack. And then it's like, well, once you've done that, you can't come back. Come back from what? Like that you'll just be like tarred and feathered and taken through the <laughs> through the square. Like what is going to happen right, to you? That, I mean, is this is this the thing that happens? Is this triggers like the the death march into the ocean? Like, what <laughs> yeah. is it? Like, why? Is like you say, you, so profound. So if profound. you say I love you. It's a tattoo. And now you're trapped forever to this person. Nice. That is not true. Let's get into our fish tacos. Yeah. I'm feeling snacky. Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. Oh, wait. Let me do a let me do a little crunch. Mm. Oh my god, crunch. Live crunch. I mean, Bachelor in Paradise has a nice long history of really uncomfortable and Bachelor of like really awkward, uncomfortable cultural appropriation moments. I mean, we always see it when the couples on Bachelor and Bachelorette go to another country and they have some really shitty reaction to an experience like stomp through some village yelling English at people (laughs) that there is such disregard for the real lives of people this season particularly like indigenous Mexican tribes there was no effort in that ceremony between Christian and Demi to understand the importance of it. I feel like I learned more about the weird Peter and Hannah B like whipping with the eucalyptus and wherever they were. But, you know, we in the entertainment industry, we have a long history. I am not a uh, I do not exclude myself from this, but of appropriating other cultures because it is cool and exotic and looks good on television. Yeah, it's definitely bad. It makes me squirmish. Yeah. The cultural appropriation. I'm with you. Oh, that makes yeah. me squirmish. Oh, absolutely. All right. Who thought Taisha could actually draw when JPJ called? No, absolutely no, not. no one. No absolutely one not. did. The balance. You can't, <laughs> no one you can't balance a pencil with those big naturals. No. <laughs> <laughs> that forever is now her nickname. Big natural. I mean, ugh, I hate uh, to be a lecherist dyke, but it is hard not to spend a lot of time thinking about Taisha's boobs. <laughs> I have a hard time not being a lecherous dyke. Sorry, I, I, I can't turn it off. If we had to hold a lesbian prom at Bachelor in Paradise, what would oh, be fine. the accoutrement and decoration? Dental dams. For a Always decorate prom. with dental dams because they're free. <laughs> they come in multiple colors. They're very hard to acquire in 2019. That's true. I guess I'm thinking about the last prom I went to was two decades ago. <laughs> we always forget that it's 2019 and that we're a thousand years old. So we always just tend to forget that. Because I know we were all about to say, I know what you should have at this prom. You should be have like raver pants and indigo girl CDs. That was a hundred years ago. I walk ago. in with my Jinko jeans and my rollerblades over my shoulder. <laughs> oh my God. 
Manic panic at the ready. Pick a color. The image of you with a pair of rollerblades slung oh over your shoulder makes me every deliriously day. happy. I also just oh, love that, like, th- that JPJ was outraged that Tasha had not been to a prom. Yes. It is such a straight ritual that the idea of not going must have meant, you know, he says, like, well, you're, oh, you, yeah. are you a bookworm? <laughs> Tragedy. Like, what? How, how did this? It was, it was so <sighs> tragic. Yeah. I just want to compliment Kaylin on her math skills. There was math? When? For what? I think she very quickly was like, okay, Dean, 1 million Instagram followers. Connor, oh. 451,000 <laughs> Instagram followers. Okay, great. Yeah, like can't carry, carry the, the one hand. <laughs> oh, right. That's like less than half. Okay. Yeah, decision made. I think it's important that when women are good at math and sciences that we celebrate it and so i want to just shout out (laughs) shout out to kaylin on her fine math skills i do appreciate it and i do like the assumption that she's good at both math and the sciences she's about to be living in a van so she better get good at the sciences she's gonna have to know how to do some science science. my favorite quote of the episode all right matt d son of a bee sting I am going to use that. Oh, I love it. Son of a bee sting. I love nothing more than a stand-in for a common curse. It was my favorite (laughs) thing about that show, Big Love. (laughs) Son of a bee bee sting. Yeah, Yeah. it's a great one. I also think it's important in our fish tacos that we congratulate our Hannah B for her People's Choice nomination. Oh hey. my God. She what? is nominated for a People's Choice. Kim, Kim K, you know so much. Listen, things. I'm paying attention. <laughs> She's not only is she nominated, she is the first Bachelor or Bachelorette to ever be nominated for a People's Choice. And of course, she is also about to star as a star Damn. on Dancing with the Stars. And I think she's going to kill it. I think yeah. she is too. And maybe she'll find love with her dance partner. Sure. Or James Does that yeah, sometimes there's love stories. I'd love if she fell in love with Cheryl Burke. <laughs> Well, of course. <laughs> Twist. <laughs> Twist. You know what happens once it's in the water. Oh, absolutely. Once one of your friends, it was like all my girlfriends from high school. It was like once one of us came out, it was like a suddenly just like an avalanche. Well, speaking of that, let's roll into our most lesbianic moment. Oh, 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 um, mine is a mine is a generous one. I mean, it's a it's like you tell. Mine, I'm ready. I mean, usually I use my lesbian moment to point to something like ridiculous about lesbian culture and my people. But this time I want to celebrate again my favorite Russian for the compassion and friendship that she offered Kaylin as Kaylin was leaving with Dean when she told her, I know we've had our differences, but if something goes down, call me. Um, I think that's very lesbian. Lesbians, because again, we are a small community, we do a great job of maintaining friendships with people that we have perhaps dated or have dated people we have dated or have hurt us. We're just a compassionate community, I think, most of the time. And I think that I can imagine myself making that offer to someone who I knew was about to go date some douchey lesbian and inevitably get their heart broken. Oh, Kim K, I have to tell you, my lesbianic moment was when she confronted Dean because I am very protective of all the lesbians I know. You You absolutely are. I 100% will go to their new love interest and do the 
what are your intentions talk. I can't help it. It's a problem. I have friends who straight and gay alike are nervous to introduce me to people because I do that. But I can't help it. You have terrified many of my partners. It's not necessarily lesbian specific. I will do it to the men who are dating straight friends of mine. But I will say that I am the lesbian and it is my behavior. (laughs) Mary L as the butch heavy. I love it. (laughs) The most lesbianic moment of the season was when Demi was really doing the internal math about how much she could get paid by Matt Donald if she were to sell her placenta. (laughs) (laughs) That was it. It was Forty. Also, <laughs> fluid ladies looking looking for a way to make a buck by uh, donating their placenta to help other folks. Oh my God! Yes. Wow. Yes. And Beery, yes. I think there's Yay. a lesson to be learned for you as someone who's about to have a ripe placenta. Forty to forty five thousand dollars. <laughs> so I know. Yeah. It's insane. We looked at each other. Trust uh-huh. me. <laughs> yeah. I bet you've got some regrets, Ann P. I just buried it in the backyard. I gotta make some bucks. <laughs> We were all there. Oh. It was real gay. All right, guys. Well, listen, next week. <gasps> the finale. It's happening. Wow. Not only are we going to have the finale to discuss, we are going to know who The Bachelor is going to be. I'm hoping for like a woman's march level uprising when Mike Johnson is not announced as The Bachelor. <laughs> I am hoping that people take yeah, I to think we have to, the I think streets. Just like take, take to, to the, the streets. streets. <laughs> I think I'm more excited about finding out who the new batch is. Than the finale? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm excited about this after the Rose conversation oh, yes. space. I so actually, many for tears. some reason, always, I love it. always, I love it always. All right. Well, I guess that's it for this week. You guys can find us queerfortherightreasons.com. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on social media. We're on social media at QFTRR on Twitter. And on Instagram, we're at queerfortherightreasons. Yeah, and a special thanks to Flagpole, flagpolenyc.com. Lovely swimsuits for this season of Paradise and beyond. Make sure we you love check them you. out. Flagpole. We love you very much. We will see you next week here and queer. You have just begun.